And Herod had heard of John and of his speeches. But he was embarrassed when Herodias asked for John's head. A woman who had been condemned for living with living with the brother of his own brother, his wife. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. You know, I don't particularly care for any of those people in the gospel today, uh, except John. And uh, John, of course, he told the truth. Most people have to be careful when you tell them the truth. They may not want to hear it. <coughs> I told the two young men visiting with us that uh, <coughs> I was in the parish and I came out the kitchen door and the door to the church was just outside from that. It was a narrow passage, maybe five foot wide, and I started to walk to the back of the church and I heard some ladies talking there and I thought I'd go say hi or something. But these ladies were talking about me. And uh, and they said, this is all I heard, they said, are you going to ask Father? He says, no, we can't ask Father because he'll tell us the truth. So I turned around, went in the side door of the church so not to embarrass them. In today's gospel, we look at a man that Jesus in his testimony said, no holier man was not born of woman. And of course, in the visitation, John leaps in his mother's womb when Our Lady approaches, carrying the Christ child. It's a magnificent mystery of God's action in history. John was truly an ascetic. And of course, Christ told us that we're supposed to live like ascetics, keeping the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, and of course, himself lived to, for us a life of prayer, going out in the middle of the night and praying through the night. And all these things the apostolic community put in the gospel. So what the, the message is that not that John lost his head, which is sort of sad. It's a commentary that on human beings that they kill the holiest people amongst them. So it's, there, it's difficult to have to keep yourself quiet and hidden so you can be safe if you're really taken up with God. Uh, John was born of special parents. They were all related. Gabriel came to announce his conception and birth. And he went out into the desert and he lived there. All these things were meticulously kept in the early church by the Desert Fathers and theologized. So he ate strange food, and he wore strange garments, and he lived a strange life. 
a life that was for God alone. Most people are too selfish to do that. They have plans. And usually, your plans do not turn out anyway. And mine, I certainly didn't know when I was ordained, I was going to wind up in the Northwest as a missionary opening Byzantine Catholic churches. I had no notion of that. So when you are a servant of God, so at one time I was worried about um, the things that had to be done to be a fairly decent priest anyway. And I went in and uh, I knelt in front of the icon of the Holy Theotokos and I told her I was sort of frightened about all these decisions I had to make. So I decided, you make them for me. And I've never had any problems after that. And I always accepted the inspiration that came to me from the Lord. Now John was more than that. He was like a brother to Jesus. Cousins are like, you know, from a common common line, uh, the, the grandparents, and they usually marry someone else or whatever, but they're very uh, closely related. And in the church, now there's prohibitions about you marrying your cousin because you're too closely related. That can come out okay sometime, and sometimes it doesn't. But the church doesn't like that. But the, if you read the gospel closely, you know, Jesus put all his family to work. The whole New Testament and what Jesus' ministry, he he he, he had people in his family. Our Lady, uh, he had Saint Joseph, he had John the Baptist, he had all these people. James, they were all related to the Lord. Called James the brother of the Lord. So, and even if you say, well, what's his cousin? What's the difference between you and your cousin? Not much. So these people that grew up around Jesus in his ministry and his public preaching, of all the ones that were there, Peter, John the Evangelist, the ones that you love so much and we appreciate so much, the one he chose to compliment the most was John. Why? Because he was filled with the life of God in him, and he had no fear to tell the truth, and he didn't even have the fear to die, which we should not have anyway. He was extremely holy. We don't have a shrine to John the Baptist in the church, our cathedral, because I was going to put his life on the ceiling. And uh, he should be there. Of course, he's maybe in the other icon some bit. And uh, why is that? Because next to our Lord is the most important figure in the New Testament, except the Mother of God and St. Joseph. 
But, of course, the war came, and getting icons from Ukraine is almost impossible. So I resigned myself to the fact that maybe we'll not get John's life on the ceiling. But that was what I was hoping for. I think that uh, it's interesting that the favorite person that Christ liked, other than his mother and his immediate family, was John, the ascetic. What did Jesus teach us by that? Is that we're all supposed to live that ascetical life if we want to be pleasing to him. And that means that you have to pray and fast and above all, live a pure life. That's not impossible, you know. But if you think out yourself all the time and you cater to yourself and you don't fast, you're liable to find yourself in dire need when you die. And when you die, the way you die is the way you'll be for eternity. And you never know what moment you're going to die. So it's very important that we live in a state of what the chiefs call a state of grace in the church. And that we stay close to our Lord and, thing, and do the things that he has given us to live that holy life, that ascetical life. Now, lots of things go on. We have a lot of brave people in our country. I mean, I was in the military a long time. I met tremendous men. Uh, but the best ones I met were extremely religious. They make the best soldiers. So I remember I was up in Kotzebue, and, uh, and uh, I, I, you know, as part of the do line, you know, I was in an isolated tour of duty up there. I'd stand, I'd tra- go tra- uh, traveling from station to station, get there once a month and celebrate liturgy and give the Catholics the sacraments. I went to one one time in Katsubu, and there's a very special man there. He was the commander of the base. He's commander. He's the big boss. But he said everybody jumped. And he came to me. He was always in church on the services. I was very edified by his Catholic attitude. And so what I did in response to that was I got a little tabernacle and I was a little alcove in the non-denominational chapel and I put the tabernacle there, and I put a veil in front of it. And we had an electric candle there. And I made him a Eucharistic minister because I knew I could only get there once a month, maybe, because of the weather. And I told him, I appreciate you. I think you're holy enough. You're living a decent life. It's set an example for your men and keep them closer to Jesus. And I would leave the consecrated uh, Eucharist in that little tabernacle. It's the only place I ever did that. And I said, if you leave, the priest can't get here. I said, consume the Eucharist. Don't leave it here by itself. That's how much I thought of him. That has not always been my experience. I once went to a station 
and the men there were demoralized. And they were drinking and doing naughty things. And I was very upset. And I found out that the base commander there was living with a lady, an Eskimo lady. So I wrote a note. I put it in my prayer book. And in the note it said, this officer fails to give moral leadership to the men under his command. I signed it, Chaplain Stanachar. The general in and back home base, you know, Elmendorf in Anchorage, he was always interested in to get the reports of chaplains. So I said, I so I put it sort of sticking out of my book, and um, I went in to see. I always gave a, a report to the commander when I left the base where he was uh, a station where he was in charge to tell him what the what the men were what was their morale how were they were doing and I went and sat down for him and I had my prayer book and I had my little note and I said uh, sir I says I'm going to have to give a report when I get back to Elmendorf about you and I didn't tell the general that he was sleeping around. I just said, the note was simple. He failed to give moral leadership. That's enough to end his career. It wouldn't take much more. I said, this is in my prayer book. And if you don't stop, I says, I'm going to give this to the general. He hated me. He didn't like me at all, but he stopped. And things got better on the base, what station he was at. And I would still go and give my report. And when I'd take my prayer book, I'd pull the piece of paper out so he could see it. So he had that, he wasn't going to do that. Why I tell you that is you yourself, you men and ladies, you are going to be an example to all the earth of living the Christ life. And you may not know it, but they are watching you. And they will be able to say there is a good man or a bad man, or a good woman or a bad woman. Because even under duress, they set an example, as John the Baptist did, are truly pleasing his, his Savior, his cousin, his God. You can do nothing better with your life than always serve the Holy Trinity and the Incarnation, always living close to the Holy Eucharist, always taking your troubles to the Mother of God. You will have a blessed life a charmed life, and you will not die in sin. I, years ago, made the consecration to our Blessed Mother, and I always wear my scapper. I call it Catholic uh, insurance. I think it's a wonderful thing. People make fun of our religion. They don't understand. 
the beauty of our customs. But I think John the Baptist and his example to us is par excellence, especially for men. And he did not live in fear of not doing the right thing. He did the right thing. And therefore, he was not afraid. Fear leaves where faith enters. Where faith enters, so does hope and charity. And that person is destined for the kingdom of heaven. So at the end, the Lord Jesus will come or the virgin and say, Come, you blessed of my Father. Enter into the kingdom prepared for you, the kingdom of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.